Hello and welcome to the Four Comic Junkies podcast. When the comics aren't enough and you need a little extra fix. I'm your host, JJ Hodges. And folks, I am so excited to get into this episode today. Uh, First and foremost, this podcast is a proud member of the Batman Podcast Network, hosted by Batman on Film. Check out the Batman Podcast Network for all sorts of really cool geeky podcasts some of them leaning more towards batman some leaning more towards you know uh, other corners of the dc or and or marvel universe uh either way uh, i've met a lot of great people through that and uh so check them out um yeah this uh this episode is is very i am very excited to share uh my good friend colleen mattis um you know one of those people that you know we we bonded pretty instantly in high school. We were both huge Batman fans. And then, you know, we were both theater geeks, you know. And then as uh, uh, as the years go on, you know, we were like Facebook friends. Like, uh, hey, how are you every now and then? Uh, and then, you know, I when I came back to Erie, you know, it's, I'd see her like at a restaurant or something. Um, or like at the mall and be like, and we'd just stop and talk for a couple of minutes. Um just you know just some casual like hey how are you is uh and then finally came time you know when i'm trying to figure out what i'm doing with the podcast um you know i i have somewhat of a plan but you know <laughs> you know do i really look like a guy with a plan you know kind of a thing uh i was like hey colleen do you want to come on the show and just like talk about you know uh batman and batwoman you know queer representation in comic books and she was like that sounds awesome and i'm so glad she did because she made my job just a hell of a lot easier. She, you know, you'll hear her passion, her excitement, you know, her knowledge, her humor. She just, I got to just lean back and just let her go because she just, you know, kind of um, took over the show for a minute uh, in a really, in a really uh, great way where um, I got to just sort of enjoy it. And the show ended up going on for uh, a little bit longer than I intended. Uh, but but not in a bad way. I was just I kept looking over, going, "Oh my gosh! Like this much time has passed. Like it it was so much fun." And I know you uh, you all out there, excuse me, listening, you'll have a good time listening to it as well. Um, you know, if you want to find uh, find me, I am you know four comic junkies at Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. I'm not on Vero because I don't know what that is. Um, I'm also not on um, MySpace anymore. I had to give that one up when I turned 18 because Facebook came out then, I think. <laughs> um, something like that. Uh, anyway, uh, also you can email me for comicjunkies at gmail.com. Any questions, comments, concerns, um, or whatever, you know, I'm, you know, what, what the heck am I doing? You know, I'm, I'm here. And, uh, also, um, if you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts, please uh, subscribe, rate, write a review. You know, it's, it's the best way to get the word out there about this. This I think it's a cool podcast. I don't know. Although I also think sometimes I sound dumb. Not like I, like not unintelligent, just like my voice is just. It's fine. It's probably fine. All right. I've rambled on long enough. Um, let's get into it. This episode with Colleen is fantastic. Enjoy. Colleen, thank you so much for joining me today. Um, this is your uh, 
We haven't seen each other in a while. We have not seen each other in, I'm not going to do the math because a lady does not reveal how old she is. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) But we are both uh, elder millennials, I believe. I think that is the term, yes. (laughs) But yes, uh, we we were part of the theater nerds in our high school. Yeah. um, And it was a great, is still actually an excellent group of people. I'm glad that we've all kept in touch because I love my nerds. Yeah, that was, you know... I think about that a lot, and it was just, uh, you know, I remember, like, wanting to go to, uh, you know, we went to Mercier's Prep, mm-hmm. uh, and when I was a kid, like, my both my sisters went to Villa, and I actually thought about, I was like, well, maybe I'll just go to Villa, too, because at the time, it was co-ed. Uh, now, it's just, it's like, Prep is the boys' school, and Villa is the girls' school. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know where those, those decisions came from, but whatever. Um, and my dad was like, well, you're really into, like, theater and acting and stuff, so I think you should try Mercyhurst. And I was like, oh, Okay. And then, you know, I ended up getting a partial scholarship. Um, and that's how I got into that. <laughs> I did as well. I um, So I started off in our school orchestra. Yep. And I got in on a, um, which is, it's embarrassing for me now telling people that I got in on a music scholarship because anyone who's ever heard me sing <laughs> knows that that is not my strongest suit. <laughs> <laughs> but I did play the flute uh, slightly better than some other people. <laughs> so that's how I got in. But that got me into the musical theater side of things. And yep. then um, we just got to do some really great performances and yep. got a really good click going there. And I think Mercyhurst here in Erie, I mean, is, is most of your audience pretty local yeah. to the area? So yeah. people might know. Um, it's just, it's kind of the home for the misfit kids you know it's a little bit like i know it's it's a private school and it can be a hurdle for some people to afford to go there but the depth of the education and the depth of the school spirit for a place that's really better known for you know a production of les mis than a football team it's just it's a really that's the community that we grew grew up in and i'm happy for it looking back i actually am embarrassed at my behavior towards the football players because you know, I remember our our teachers always being like, you know, well, if you want them to support the arts, you should go to the football games. And I was always like, maybe if they win one. And I was just. They were trying so hard. I know. I was such a jerk about it. And I look back and go, man, like. I, but you no. didn't do that to our girls' basketball team that went to Hershey every year. Well, they were amazing. They were great. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> Spirit squad for them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, I, I, when, I think it was, yeah, when they, when they were like, they were getting a lot of news attention and mm-hmm. everything. Um, I, I was like all in, I was like, I'm so excited for them, you know? And I think there was some resentment with some of the football players, but I say, like, Hey, you know, they deserved it. They were, they were badass. They, <laughs> we had a, we had a great, and that's the thing it's, you know, it's, it really is. We get to look back on that time, which not a lot of people do. We get to look back on that time as something positive and, yeah. um, as to kind of segue towards our conversation of today, you know, yeah. I do get to look back at my high school experience as a pretty positive experience and pretty accepting. Yeah. Um, so, you know, this is, it's Pride Month. We're yeah. here in Pride Month. We're celebrating our Alphabet Mafia, the LGBT <laughs> community, um, which, you know, that is the term that I tend to use, uh-huh. um, LGBT, LGBT+. I know that we have added more letters to be more inclusive of the overall idea and identity of the group. Yeah. But I do not want to anyone to feel excluded. Yeah. It's just sort of the the term that um, is the most distinct for me. I, I think about that, too. And I, I was talking to some uh, some queer friends. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have a, a podcast called um, uh, The Gotham Outsiders, where they they have kind of a, 
a queer slash feminist bent on the Batman books. And so they bring on a guest and they talk about stuff. And uh, and they're like, we're going to get you on. You know, we just have a long list of people. I'm like, hey, you know, you know, it's uh, it's fine. I love I love their show. Um, but, yeah, I, I said that to him. I was like, I was like, look, I just I just want to throw it out there. Stop adding letters. Just <laughs> it's, it's <laughs> too converse, many. It's a conversation that needs to be had because it's the we're expanding. And I think yeah. more people are finding an identity outside outside of, you know, gay, lesbian, transgender. What does it mean to be trans? What does yep. it mean to be comfortable in your body and your gender identity? And I love this new kind of evolution we're seeing no, I, in I, this. But also, yeah, it's like I we're doing there's only so many sounds my mouth can make. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I and you know, I, I of course I'm kidding when I say oh, you know, that. I you know, know. <laughs> but, but uh, you know, it I and I love seeing that. Um, you know, the you know, I, it, it's I I feel like when we were when like when we were growing up, uh, like when we were in like in high school, I felt like like especially like if a man was gay, that mm-hmm. you know, that a lot of women just were automatically accepting of that person. And there was a lot of gay guys I knew that were not very nice. And I was like, I was like, why are you friends with this person? I was like, he's just funny. And it's like, you only like him because he's gay. It just, it seemed like there was a, I don't know if that makes any sense, but like, uh, like a, like that was their personality sort of, if I that makes any sense. I can see that. And I don't blame those people for having latched on to that idea of the gay man as kind of like the sassy bitchy friend because yeah. when we think of the portrayal in media available yeah. to gay 16 year olds at the time it was probably like Will and it, Grace. It, yeah it was yeah. It, there was a lot of jack from Will and Grace. you could be jack yeah. or you could be or or you could be will yeah. and it's you know do you do you play as straight passing mm-hmm. or are you the overly effeminate guy with all of his fag hags and that's you know th- the language that was used at the time and even now me saying that yeah that doesn't sound right because right. I don't want to be described that way and I don't want to describe other people that way but that was the identity we had sort of been presented with yeah it, so yeah. the representation that is why representation matters so much yep. because not that people not that anyone's identity is based on what they see in the movies, but a lot of it is. A yeah. lot of who we idolize and a lot of who we, you know, the way we cut our hair, the way we dress, fashion and our language adapts so easily to what's portrayed in the media because we're inundated with it. Yeah, And so representation really does truly matter whether it's based on sexuality or gender identity or race, because everybody kind of wants to see what's the coolest, most popular version of whatever I am. Right. I want that person to win an Oscar. Like, you yep. know, that's that's what we're all kind of striving for. Yep. And so when it always comes back to these stereotypes that thankfully I think are really evolving and changing yep. for the better, yep. not that if you want to be the bitchy gay friend go for it i've had plenty of them but i'm just saying there are other options out there well i've i've had i've had them too uh just that were nice to me yeah (laughs) i feel like for a while they weren't nice to me or at the very least i didn't like the way they treated people which is a common thing among 
everybody, right? Sure. Yeah. But, and I think, um, you know, if we're talking about people we knew in high school, you know, teenagers are jerks. Oh, yeah. I don't yeah. know if you know any teenagers right now. I don't understand them. Will Smith was correct. Parents do not understand. <laughs> Well, I no, I have a, I have a two year old, and sometimes she can be not so nice. So I'm not looking forward to the next like 13 years. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's you know, and I you know, going back to what you're saying, what's the most popular version, or you know, of you know that can represent me? I am glad that that is shifting and changing because it it just it feels more real. You know, I talk about like Shit's Creek, the fact that that's something that blew my mind and I, I was sitting there going man like I, I think it's really great that I can relate to David and Patrick mm-hmm. even though like I you know I'm not gay but I can relate to their relationship and their relationship struggles and then it hit me I was like that's because there's no homophobia on this show they're not doing like the you know the pitchfork episode or whatever you know yeah. what I mean yeah it's it's a it's an exploration of a relationship and a dynamic between two people where you can identify with the person not and they're they have more of a personality than just the gender of the person they're having sex with yeah and you know it's i say you know so much (laughs) (laughs) obviously you know i I don't know why i'm on the podcast you know i say i say um and uh a lot so (laughs) people are gonna start counting that'll be take a shot don't do that yeah please Uh, don't i said that in my last episode i hope everything (laughs) I was like, oh man, people are gonna die. <laughs> we're gonna get, we're gonna get in trouble. <laughs> Comics code is coming after us. Um, you know, so I, I had representations of things that hinted at queerness yep. growing up. One notable example was always X Men. Oh yeah, and that has been explored in a lot of different ways. That idea of people being born with these kind of new traits yep. that their parents, their family, their schools, greater society didn't understand was this dangerous. They had to be sequestered. Having this kind of paternal figure that would accept them, you know, yeah, it's X Men is gay. <laughs> X Men is very, very gay, yeah. and now some of the some of the X Men are gay. Yeah, um, and that is something that has evolved with the characters, but wasn't necessarily built in when they right. were created, which. With the current iteration of Batwoman with Kate Kane, mm-hmm. she was introduced, she was conceptualized as a gay woman. Yep. In Gotham City, she is gay, she is Jewish, she is a wealthy socialite, she is not ostracized by society. This is something that was built into the character, mm-hmm. which is a departure from some of the other characters we've seen in, in comics as a whole, but also I think in DC Comics, particularly with, you know, Renee Montoya. And I don't know how much of a deep cut this is going to be for anybody that hasn't really followed up on, like, the queerness of Batman and the Bat family as it is. Mm -hmm. But, you know, Renee Montoya was outed by Two-Face. Yep. So that was, you know, it's a traumatic experience for her. She loses her job. She descends into alcoholism. It yeah. creates a larger story for her, but it comes from a place of true trauma. Yeah. And it really did show that not only was this something that Two-Face knew would destroy her, but it's also, it wasn't really shown as anything that she herself was proud of. Right. Um, same thing, uh, you know, well, not not the same thing, but in the same line with Maggie Sawyer, mm-hmm. 
who originally um, was in Metropolis with, you know, Superman. So these are both law enforcement individuals. And, you know, that's a whole other story that I can come back and talk about later. (laughs) But (laughs) these two law enforcement individuals, you know, Maggie Sawyer was outed in the 80s. Mm-hmm. In Superman comics, um, in the timeline, and it was groundbreaking at the time. But her outing came out because she was going through a divorce, and her ex-husband got custody of the children because homosexuality was illegal, mm. and she was not allowed to keep her children. So that's also, you know, this is a traumatic backstory for these women, mm-hmm. and we're seeing that, you know, their strength is almost coming from recovering from this trauma and claiming who they are. Mm -hmm. Not that that experience is not true and valid for a lot of people, but we can be strong and proud and out without having been outed to the whole world and ostracized by everyone we've ever known. Um, You know, Kate Kane is... She is shown showing up to a ball and a beautiful dress and everyone loves her and she's gorgeous and she's wealthy and she's cousins with Batman right. and not with, you know, with Bruce Wayne, like people don't know. Right. <laughs> the secret, the 80 year secret. I'm pretty sure Jim Gordon. Knows. Know, that's a whole other conversation. That's a, yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of people that know. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, you know, she is. Even her, you know, her father is still very, in the comics, her yep. father is still very involved in her life and very supportive of her and becomes her Luke Fox yep. and helps her with her gadgets and he helped her with her training. So her adult life as Kate and as Batwoman are independent from her sexuality, is yep. a part of her character, but it's never... There's no big coming out issue. Just like when she celebrated Hanukkah, she's lighting a menorah. It was no big, like, revelation to this. So I think the subtle introduction of these qualities to a character really showed the normalcy Mm -hmm. that DC is trying to adapt to. And I, I applaud DC for that. But I think that the Bat family has always been a place to introduce... Not always, and I'll get to that in a second. Okay. <laughs> in since maybe the new Fifty Two, uh, the Bat Family has been a place to introduce complicated characteristics to mm. people that don't have to be over-explained. Yeah, it's just people have complicated lives and people have differences, but we have to go fight a bunch of you know criminals and psychopaths and lock them up in Arkham Asylum. And that's the more important part of the story. Right, yeah. That's what we're here for. You know, we're going to dress up and we're going to get our batarangs and we're going to get in a cool car. (laughs) That's what we came to Batman for. Um, You know, it's, I think, and I have never seen this confirmed anywhere, but I do think that the decision to make the current Batwoman a lesbian was based on the introdu- the reason for the introduction of the original Batwoman in the 50s. Yeah, the, yeah that w- with Kathy, yes, Kathy Kane. But that was that was to combat the rumors that Batman and Robin were gay. Correct. Yes. So there was a book that came out in the 1950s called The Seduction of the Innocent. Yeah. And it went Have you ever read it? I've never read it. I've I've but I've seen Lots of videos the, about the pieces it. about it. Yeah, and like like Stanley talked about it. And mm-hmm. he was pissed about it when that happened. Stanley Stanley did not stand for the yeah. seduction of the innocent. <laughs> he was mad. Um, he was very <laughs> mad. But uh, the 
the team at DC took a, the allegations in the book a little bit more to heart. Right. Um, so, yeah, so there were allegations that psychologically um, or, you know, using psychology that Batman and Robin were gay lovers and they were corrupting the youth of today. And there was a lot of other points made in the book, but that really stuck because Batman yeah. did not have a true love interest. Right. Neither did Robin. Robin probably shouldn't have because he was a child. He was like, <laughs> Why like, are we sexualizing children? Like 10 years old, yeah. yeah. Um, so they introduced Kathy Kane and her niece, Bet or Betty. It's been kind of back and forth. Right, right. As, the B-E-T-T-E. Um, yeah. Yeah, okay. As uh, Batwoman and Batgirl, the original ones. Mm-hmm. And nobody needs a love interest for Batman. Yeah. It kind They got really, and then there was like, Someone had a flying dog. It got really off the rails. It, yeah, there was, you know, there was like the, they had the bad signal that could project onto the moon. You know, there were a lot of weird alien stuff. And, it, you know, it's just a, uh, it was a weird time. And apparently, and, it, and apparently it was also when they did the 66 show. That's when they introduced, they, that's why they had Aunt Harriet in the, in Wayne Manor. Mm-hmm. To, so it's like, so it's not just all men there, right? So it's okay. Um, there's actually, um, I want to uh, tell you the story real quick. Um, in the uh, during the George Reeves Superman show in the fifties, yes, uh, their, one of their sponsors uh, was cornflakes. So it's like Jimmy Olsen and Clark Kent are having breakfast, and um, Perry White walks in. He's like, "Kent, we got a big story." Blah blah blah. And he's and they're like, "Can't wait till after breakfast, Chief." And he's like, "That news doesn't wait." It's like not even for cornflakes. And he's like, "Oh, okay." Blah blah blah. And so the woman, uh, Noel Neal, who played Lois Lane, she said, "You know why?" She was like, why am I not in these commercials? And the producers were like, oh, no, 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 no. We can't have, like, a woman in having breakfast with, with this man. Like, that just would seem... Oh, no, because where? why is she there so early in the morning? Exactly. The it's implications. Like, yes, but... <laughs> Lucy and Ricky never shared a bed, and we can't show a toilet on television, so... <laughs> right, but the implication that Clark and Jimmy could wake up together was okay. <laughs> like the the standards the the way they thought back then and still kind of are today like oh yeah we uh uh you know my the mother my child and I talk about this sometimes the 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 way that violence and sex is portrayed here versus like swearing where you, if you watch something from the UK you know they'll fuck shit bitch all day long you know but here it's like whoa we're going to corrupt our children if we're swearing too much there is definitely a lot of arguments to be made about, you know, what is profane in American society. Yeah. And we had a lot of I we had a lot of progress being made, especially in the 1920s and 1930s yeah. towards being a more kind of liberal, open society. There were, you know, the age of jazz and mm-hmm. there was so much more imagination coming through and there were creators of different racial backgrounds and there was becoming a sort of out gay community even in the US more so in you know Germany and France but it was becoming more accepted and then we sort of had this moral backlash mm-hmm. that hit us um, particularly after World War II and that's when we had to not had to but that is when there were a lot of 
mom and pop and apple pie became the you know the nuclear family unit we had all these guys coming back from war and they had been to europe and they had seen not only the horrors of war they'd been to berlin and they'd been to the cabarets and they saw all this cool stuff how do we keep them good american boys that eat their cornflakes and don't masturbate (laughs) if we you know if we don't um reinforce this idea of the nuclear family and heroes are always good and villains are always bad yeah and I don't know if you've talked before on the show about the Comics Code. Uh, um, no, actually. So the Comics Code, you know, it was it was voluntary, but it was obviously lucrative yeah. for DC to follow the Comics Code. And it really was heroes were always good. Yep. Villainy was always portrayed as bad. You could not have a sympathetic villain. Right. The hero would always win. And there was to be no depiction of anything suggestive or sexual that would go against the moral you know fiber of the children or whatever right right even though you know the original catwoman literally just shows up like a dominatrix and still does to this day but (laughs) i I do think even you know she's in a cat suit now but her original costume was even more revealing yeah it was like the low cut oh yeah the the real look you know women's zippers never come up past their navels of course not (laughs) it's just like it's it's this strange perversion of we cannot have any sympathy for the bad guys. The bad guys have to either, which is where you get the rogues gallery. Yeah. Um, which you know I think that is maybe one plus that came out of it is you do just get a bunch of crazy people. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, and then they run us a calendar man. I don't know. <laughs> just throw him out there. Yeah. He's just a bad guy. All his crimes are based on days of the calendar. It's sure that yeah. works. The Mad Hatter? Why not? <laughs> yeah. He likes hats. Sounds good to me. <laughs> throw him in. <laughs> but you don't get a lot of women who get to be full fleshed characters yep. because now they are love interests to the male heroes, um, or they're idiots like. Lois Lane. She, <laughs> she, well, she started off. She really... start. She started off very smart, and then and then yeah, in the turned f- into 50s, this yeah. floozy that just had to be rescued all the time. Um, James Gunn on Twitter. It was like National Superman Day a few days ago or something. I I, I don't I don't never heard of that, but uh, well maybe I have. I just always forget mm-hmm. about it. But anyway, um, no offense to Superman. I love Superman. But anyway, uh, <laughs> not my uh, favorite. <laughs> he he shared all these covers from the fifties. That was like, it's like, Lois, I'm divorcing you. You lied to me. It's like, and, or it's like, they're out in outer space and he's cutting her oxygen Yeah, he's literally, like, Superman is a psychopath for a little bit. Yeah. He literally has tried to kill Lois Lane. The one time where um, he was going to let her drop from the building and she wasn't going to scream for him because she didn't need his help and he was just going to let her die. It's these weird setups that they come up with. And that also almost goes back to this idea of what is feminine and what is masculine. Mm -hmm. So these gender representations get really codified where, you know, even there's so many... God bless Gotham. There are so many, like, sassy women reporters. You know, you get Vicki yeah. Vale. Yep. And I wish Vicki Vale had had time somewhere to get more fleshed out. Because yeah. I think she could just really... They, they got to bring Vicki Vale back in a big way. I just really... I Maybe really... she'll be in the Batman. Or in the... She'd be the Flash movie. In you the know? Flash movie. <laughs> Everyone else is. <laughs> you know? Um, you know, there's just there's so many characters that we could really flesh out now because there's been this huge canon mm-hmm. of Gotham characters, and 
you know, really, we have had how many reboots in the timeline now? There's Earth 1, there's Earth 2, the new 52. I don't even yeah, know. It's like too many. <laughs> Come up with a new one. Yeah. Just make her cool. Make her do something. Yeah. Um, and this idea that the men in comics are cold and they're not romantic and they don't make the big gestures except when they are in their superhero persona yeah and they will come and save you from the clock tower right but then they'll disappear and then when they're clark kent or bruce wayne again they're you know the millionaire socialites or they're the you know boy you know newspaper newspaper reporter man yeah, yeah. and you can't have a meeting of the two and i think not to over romanticize it, but you know, the romance in comics comes from when they're in costume and not when they're being their real people on the street. So there's this division yeah. that you see of like, you know, your emotions are almost closeted. Yeah. And I think that is something that men have identified with and it's become part of American society just as much as the hero is always the hero and the villain always loses. Yeah, it, you know, it's, you're kind of blowing my mind right now because <laughs> I, I, I'm i like, yeah, like, and I, I feel like I grew up that way where it was like, like showing, like if I wanted to cry, it's like, no, boys don't cry. Mm -mm. Like, don't cry. You know, so it's like, and I like that the, the kind of quote unquote gender roles are being kind of like, I guess the best word would be erased to, in a I sense. Almost, I almost think expanded. Okay, yeah, that's, yeah. A, that's a better word. Okay, uh, you know, because it, it's like, you know, I grew up in a kind of a nuclear family. It's like, stay-at-home mom, dad goes to work, you know, and, you know, by the time you're 30, you get married, you have kids, and you have a house, and, you know, whatever. And it's just like, it's like I don't know, by the time I was 30, I had depression and anxiety so <laughs> uh me same her same um you know what I, I by the time i was 30 i did have you know i was married with a house but i had a wife yeah you know i i came out i was outed um to my parents which was difficult but um i came out to my friends between eighth and ninth grade mm -hmm. and word got around because he's a small town sure. and um ended up being outed and it it was a difficult experience to go through. And I think the fact that I didn't have the control of it was more painful. Yeah. Because it also is kind of, it's a betrayal to whoever of whoever told my parents, but it's a betrayal to them because they should have heard it from me. Yeah. That's a shock. Nobody wants to hear that in the middle of casino night fundraiser at the church. But right. <laughs> um, but yeah. So there there is also that idea. So you had a path that you were supposed to grow up in. Yeah. Whether or not it was the one you wanted, you saw sort of this, you saw something that could happen for you. Mm -hmm. You, straight guy, yeah. could grow up, get married, have a house, all the stuff. Yeah. Me, gay girl, what did I have? There wasn't really a role model for me yeah. that... That was positive. Yeah. Um, you know, there there were a lot of, you know, I think Ellen had come out. I cannot remember when Rosie O'Donnell came out. But, you know, there were some lesbians yeah. that were positive and funny and people liked them. But they were also very safe. Well, yeah. Yeah. I, and, I, 
I remember just the special that Ellen did on Netflix a few years ago. Mm-hmm. Like, first and foremost, hilarious. She is hilarious. Um, her st- her stand up really is ingenious. She, she's she's great, and I remember her coming out on the show. I remember watching that episode, mm-hmm. and and then it's funny because she talked about it in the special where she came out and she thought she was getting all this love and support from everybody and nothing, and she was kind of blacklisted for a while. Yeah. And and I and I was sitting there watching it, going, I remember that. I remember being upset by that, though, and not really understanding why she was ostracized the way she was. It just it didn't make any sense to me. I was like, first of all, she's funny as hell. This the show was funny. Like I remember laughing. Outrageous ratings. Yeah. People loved that show. And I think that was like the highest rated episode too. The it I well ever it was curiosity. Yeah. Everybody wants to watch it. <laughs> but I think it wasn't called like she comes out. It was called like puppies or yeah, something so yeah. I, something weird to like throw people off. And then because I remember she I remember you know she was like in an airport terminal and she like leaned into a microphone and she was like I just gotta tell you something all right I'm gay and didn't realize that she had spoken into the microphone but like if we turned and looked at her and she was like oh which is such a metaphor for what happened in her real life yes yes because here i am it's like i'm kind of ready to just tell people i'm gay except i literally have to tell all of america yeah (laughs) there's no way i can't do both right right i you know and i think so much of what we're seeing now Mm -hmm. with representation of um you know, calling for characters to be played by actors that have the same qualities as that character, mm-hmm. particular with particularly with trans roles. I think there are there's immense talent out there in trans actors and and actresses. I use the word actor kind of just as an inclusive term. Don't think I'm not talking about actresses, but really everybody, yeah, yeah. Um, performers, and you know, to play a character, I don't think you need. You don't need to have been a, a gold digger in the 1800s right. to play one on TV, but... I'm pretty sure Michael Keaton, you know, his parents weren't murdered in front of him, so... Prob- no, prob- <laughs> Mr. and Mrs. Keaton, please be okay. I'm very sorry. <laughs> yes, yeah, so, so you're right. You don't need to have lived the life of the character, but there is something that you can bring to the portrayal of the character mm-hmm. if you have some of those in you. And I think there's also that layer of authenticity to it where, you know, it is not the same as blackface. It is not the same as yellowface. Like, you know, these things are very different. But to some extent, there are similarities there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, you, you will not, you're not going to cast someone to play a different race because we understand the harm that that causes and we understand that it's not authentic and we understand that it is very hurtful and 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 harmful and it just leads to stereotypes and all just it's a negative thing and we don't do it and should we think the same way of casting straight actors in gay roles or cis actors in trans roles and i think someday that's where we will come to Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know if we have enough performers who are comfortable with who they are yet being out to fill all of the roles that are being produced right now, and that will come to a balance. But I do like that 
casting directors are trying. Yeah. Um, so, you know, when Batwoman was being made into a show on the CW, yeah. by the way, thank you, <laughs> CW. I've loved you since I zombie, but you know, I am here for CW shows. Yeah. You know, they, they went to, um, you know, they, they went with Ruby Rose and I will be honest, I saw her on Orange is the New Black. She was not my favorite performer. Mm-hmm. Not, not my favorite actress I've ever seen. Yeah. I don't know if I was thrilled that she was going to be Batwoman, but I was very excited yeah. that they got a lesbian to play a lesbian on TV. Right. This is really important. Yep. We're seeing the representation. Um, and I was pleasantly surprised because, you know, season one was cool. I, Season one was cool. It was a cool show. I, um, I really dug it, yeah. Yeah, Ruby Rose, you won me over. <laughs> <laughs> Who'd have thunk it? <laughs> but, you know, the um, the changes that were made from the Kate Kane in the comics to the Kate Kane in the show, and I think seeing some of the history really being put front and forward, literally first episode, they lay it all out. Yeah. There is no slow roll to, yep. There is no buildup, really, right. to Batwoman. They lay everything out in the first episode, which I thought was very daring because it was, we're going to make our own story. Yep. You know, they're drawing from the comics and they're doing a lot of things, but as their own character, this is the Arrowverse, we're rolling with it. Mm-hmm. So let's just get everything out of the way now. Yeah. And they have, date, they have dated themselves to a very particular time and place with the expulsion of Kate and Sophie. Mm-hmm. Sophia? Sophie? Oh, God. Sophie? My le- oh, I'm sorry, lesbians. <laughs> <laughs> Her girlfriends. <laughs> yes. Well, well, she wasn't expelled. Just Kate was just, expelled. Just, just Kate was expelled. But the, yeah. the outing of them yes. at uh, Military Academy, that is very specifically dated to a time and place in gay history mm-hmm. before the repeal. Are you looking this up for me? Yes. <laughs> Thank you. This is dated to a very specific place and time in history, but before the repeal of Don't Ask, Don't Tell. Yes. Where you could not be an out gay person in the U.S. military. I, I you know, it's funny. It's, it's, it is Sophie. Thank okay. God. You're right. Oh, <laughs> I thought it was. God. But yeah, I, I thought that... Um, I didn't know that was a thing until it got repealed, actually. Really? Yeah. That is a place of privilege. I have, I am in awe <laughs> of you, sir. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, I think it was just sort of, I was like, that was, a, I remember like my girlfriend at the time, I was like, that was, that's a thing? And she's like, it was. I was like. It was a big thing. Yeah. It was a bi- big thing. Um, so the history of Don't Us, Don't Tell can be looked up very concisely on a very nice Wikipedia article, but I will not retell right now. Okay. <laughs> I, I recommend everyone just look it up. Sure. Um, it is not a terribly old policy. It was in the terms of the history of the U.S. It was not in place for a very long time, but it led to some horrific things happening, particularly to women. Well, I heard about it. I yeah. knew about it after the <laughs> Afterwards, fact. yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Just listeners, read up, learn history. It's important. Don't let it repeat itself. So... We'll see. Yeah, don't. <laughs> literally don't. So... I remember contemplating um, with my friend in 
high school of joining the Air Force. My dad had been in the Air Force. Um, she was interested in the Air Force because she wanted to be a pilot and flying planes seems cool. And yeah. yeah, we're like, oh yeah, like let's think about joining the Air Force. And uh, then it became glaringly apparent to me that while I could join the Air Force, I would have to go back into the closet, which was not something I was interested in doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and even if I chose to do that, I could be outed at any time. Yeah. Um, it would be very dangerous to myself because somebody could use that knowledge against me and attack me in many ways and hold that over my head and could threaten my life and my livelihood. And so to see that in defiance of this, Kate and Sophie had the relationship on campus. They got reprimanded. Kate literally just you know, threw it back in their face. I am not signing this piece of paper. I am gay. I am not hiding who I am. Mm-hmm. Um, and then seeing Sophie literally just say, like, I can't afford to do that. And, the dis- you know, we really do see the privilege of Kate. Yeah. She's wealthy. She is white. She had, you know, the motorcycle she's driving is more expensive than my house. Yeah. <laughs> you know, she she comes from this place where she has the courage of her convictions, but she also knows her life is not over. Yeah. And we find out, you know, Sophie, she is a black woman with a very conservative family mm-hmm. and not a lot of resources. Right. So she cannot have the courage of her convictions. She cannot lose this opportunity. So due to a very, you know, bigoted and unfair rule she has to go back into the closet and we find you know throughout the show you know whether or not she's a lesbian she's bi she's whatever she is married to a man yeah she's happy-ish not really but also she's been hiding a big part of who she is and later in the show instead of being murdered there's literally the implication that being in the closet is worse than death which is something that struck me because, I mean, spoiler alert, gay kids and LGBT kids want to kill themselves a lot because being in the closet is hard and coming out is way harder. So to have that truly be a part of the show that's on American television now that people can watch and realize and, like, see these things – blows my mind because 20 years ago it like you know they would have smooched and there would have been like an audience ooh, yeah, yeah. and then it would have never come up again it, it would have it would have been more of a slow burn mm-hmm. it just it it probably would have been like hey kate why don't you have a boyfriend you know kind of thing like oh i'm busy with my night stuff you yeah know? and you know what i mean it's just it 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 you know, and I think too. You know, you talk about you know, uh, LGBT, you know, QIA plus, and et cetera, Alphabet Mafia. Yeah. Um, they, you know, I think about Matthew Laramie. You know, yeah. Um, that, you know, so it's like, so it's not just a fear of you know, being being ostracized. There's like, there, there's a fear for your life. You know, that was a very famous story, and I remember that because uh, Drama Shop did that show a few years ago. Yes. And I thought they they did it brilliantly. Um, that sh- I mean, the show is really great. But it, you know, I just I remember that happening, and I it was like so it was like '96, I think. Um, 
Don't quote me on the date, but I I won't correct you on that one. I'm pretty sure, yeah. I think somewhere around there, like, late 90s. And I remember kind of hearing about, like, this kid was killed because he was gay. And and I was just – and I just remember, like, being a kid thinking, that's – why? Like, I just – you know, like, you're a kid. Your world is very simple, right? Uh So it's like – that never made any sense to me, you know? It just – and it – well, it still doesn't. Um, And it's just the the rampant homophobia that just pops up. You know, and I was talking about this before, you know, it's like, so Ezra Miller is, is, is the Flash. He's non-binary, or I'm sorry, excuse me, they, non, non-binary. Good, yep. Um, and there are people going like, oh, are they going to make Barry gay in, in the in the movies and stuff? And I was just like, what if they do? Yeah, what's... Like, what if the Flash is, like, dating a dude? Like, I don't care. It's, it, will it change... What will it change? It's it's the whole like, blah blah blah, ruin my sure. childhood thing. Like when the female Ghostbusters came out, you know, the female Ghostbusters was amazing. <laughs> I, I'm here to officially tell everyone to go watch that movie. <laughs> I, this is what I always say about that movie. If you like Melissa McCarthy and Kristen Wiig movies, you'll like it. Yeah. If you were expecting the same type of humor you're going to get from Bill Murray and Dan Aykroyd and Harold Ramis. You're not going to get that. It's not the same. There, it's yeah. a different movie. <laughs> yes, and and so I could appreciate it for that. Yeah. And Chris Hemsworth was fucking hilarious oh my in God, it. So good. But you know, I, I just, I, and it's not my favorite movie of all time. The original Ghostbusters is actually, but at the same time, I I was like, I kind of dig what they're doing here. Like, I just, it didn't. Is it worth the hatred? That is something that I have come across so many times with, you know. We're going to cast this character as black. You know, the new, um, oh, who is the, who is that amazing actor who is playing the new Robin? Um, I forget his name. But. In, in Titans, right? Yes, in okay. Titans, yeah. yes. So, you know. It's Jay something. Again, yes, it is. It it is it's Jay something. I cannot remember. Um, but I remember when I saw the picture of him, I'm like, perfect. He's got the attitude. Yeah. He's got... Um, you know, just even seeing a still of him on screen, you're like, yeah. I am captivated by this dude. He looks like he's got an attitude. He's not going to listen to anybody's shit. That that works right. for his version of Robin. Now, there are, I don't know, seven Robins? <laughs> there's <laughs> quite a lot. <laughs> there's <yes. laughs> a lot. I mean, there's, you know, there's... There's Dick Grayson, you know, everybody, it's, you know, default Robin, right? Right. There's uh, Jason Todd that, you know, whatever. There's <laughs> Tim Drake, who is my personal favorite Robin. I love Tim Drake yep. very, very much. Um, there's Damian Wayne. There, and then, you know, then you got Stephanie Brown and then you got Carrie. And there's just all these different people that have donned the mantle of Robin. Right. There are different people that have donned the mantle of Batman. Right. It's not a static character mm-hmm. anymore. And, and it's okay to have your preference, too. Sure. Because I know people that prefer Batman Beyond over, like, regular Batman People stuff. love Camp Batman. Yeah. Camp Batman yep. is a great interpretation of Batman. Yeah. The Dark Knight is also a great interpretation of Batman. Yep. Tim Burton and Joel Schumacher have both given us just really, like, crazy versions of Batman. Yeah. They're just different. Uh, his name is Jay Lakergo, I think. I think I'm saying that right. Jay Lakergo. That sounds very right. Yes, yeah. Jay Lakergo. 
Something like that. He's, yes. Yeah, because I guess he has a... He's in the Batman trailer. Yes, when yeah. When Batman's beating up the one guy, he's the guy, like, looks really freaked out. And I think he said that. He's like, hey, I'm the guy that looks freaked out. Now I'm going to be Robin. <laughs> I'm going to be Robin. <laughs> um, but so there becomes this thing of, you know, we're casting people of different races to play characters that don't look the way I picture them in my head. And I'm like, have you ever had, a like, you know, read a book and then had it made into a movie? Because mm-hmm. I'm going to tell you what. They didn't pull the casting from your head. Yeah. <laughs> they had actors come and audition. You, you know, a really good example is um, in Jurassic Park because, uh, like, John Hammond in the book is a he's basically he's kind of a Donald Trump where he's kind of mm-hmm. a grifter and a shyster. Uh, versus in the movie, he's like this kind-hearted grandpa, and that's the one that most people latch on to. Yes. You know, because it's like the movie's more popular than the book because you know. People are just lazy and don't read. But <laughs> also, watching Steven Spielberg's dinosaurs is really fun. <laughs> well, that's true. Too. Um, but yeah, it's so you know, it, it's it's always these things are kind of always in flux, and it doesn't. And so it, you know, when they you know change races or a new character is introduced or whatever, it never it, it never really phases me as like because from my point of view, it's like well, as long as it's good, you know, yeah, as long as we're getting a good story and something new can come out of it. I'm fine with it because I I don't I don't see the reason to get to be so angry, to be so like, you know, we're supposed to be fans, right? Like this is something we're supposed to love. So, you know, when they cast John Boyega as a stormtrooper. I was literally just about like, do can are we about to like pivot to shout out to Star Wars people and be like, <laughs> "Hey, you know, some some cowboy samurais had lasers in space. That's what I came to this movie for. Yeah, <laughs> like... it's it, it just it blows my mind. The um, yeah, I, I don't know the 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 vitriol that just gets spewed out sometimes because it's just you know whether it's something small like Spider Man gets a new costume in the comic books, mm-hmm. like like he's gonna go back to the red and blue. Just shut the fuck up. Like yeah, it's, yeah. Know, but but then if it's like oh you know Bobby Drake in the X Men, oh he's gay now. And people are like, that's not right, blah, blah, blah. I'm just like... Why not? What does it change about his character? Like, almost nothing except for who he's going to be dating. Cool. Now we get new (laughs) characters that he gets to date. Yeah. Everyone loves a, like, dumb... It's also these romances last, like, two issues because superheroes don't get happy endings. (laughs) Let's all remember that golden rule. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Batman's never going to marry Catwoman. (laughs) Well, that's that's why I always defend the Dark Knight Rises. I'm mm-hmm. like, I'm like, hey, like he's allowed to have a happy ending, you know? Let, let's you love that movie. Batman gets gets his happy ending. Yeah, and it's like Batman would never quit. I'm like, well, no, but this version did, and I'm okay with it because I thought it was a satisfying ending. And if you're unhappy with that, I have a bookshelf where you can pick and pick your own adventure, sir. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Go, you know, go back to the, you know, the Burton movies where, you know, Burton Schumacher movies got a different one each movie because mm-hmm. they were basically thinking it was like a James Bond type of thing. Every couple of years we'll recast, you know, he'll get a new girlfriend. It's all, you know, continuity doesn't matter. I think I think think that we have come to love these characters in a way that really it really holds our heart mm-hmm. and you know if, i i love batman everyone knows i love batman yeah. but i love i love everything about batman you know if you ask me who my favorite batman is uh it's kevin conroy he's my favorite batman oh, yeah. <laughs> i love <laughs> batman the animated series um followed very closely by the lego batman movie yes which 
sorry folks is probably one of the best batman movies i've ever it, seen it's it, <laughs> it knows exactly what it's doing that that movie i i'm so excited you brought that up but it, to me it's it's like every person who's ever bought legos could could have written that movie you know mm-hmm. it's like all right and then the phantom zone opens up and it's sauron and king kong and and you know the wicked witch and batman's gonna fight them all and it's I'm just... the it's the imagination and it's the play and i think you know it's also you know batman is you know even when he goes back to wayne manor he's still in the batman cal he just <laughs> he is batman in that movie like he doesn't want to be bruce wayne bruce wayne is boring it's just it's this very fun idea of the character and you know this these things that we don't want to change mm-hmm. are a reflection of the pushback we see in a lot of other areas of society mm-hmm. and you know um the internet has done a lot of good but the internet might have just in general been sort of a bad idea <laughs> um after maybe 2006ish yeah. i think <laughs> Think, once once social media I think was social invented. I think social media really really hurt us because yeah. something that could have really um united us as people has be has really allowed people to just lock themselves in an echo chamber yep. of just their own ideas and it's it's a bad state to be in but you know when we get angry that they're introducing a new batwoman and this batwoman is gay and we're introducing a new um story in X-Men and this X-Men character comes out and we're introducing a gender swap Thor. And, yeah. you know, when we're doing all of these things and it becomes like you're ruining my childhood, it's like, no, we're we're making someone else's childhood really cool. Yeah. And and plus, like, your childhood's not ruined, you weirdo. You still had it. Yeah. Like, <laughs> falling off my bike and breaking my arm and missing summer camp, like, summer camp ruined my childhood. Like, yeah. that, like that's, that's what, that's a true story. Yeah. <laughs> that ruined my, yeah. my parents went to Vegas. It left me with grandpa and grandma. And I missed, like, going to summer camp that week. Like, that sucked. Yeah. So that's, that's a bad thing. You know, if, <laughs> no. you know, if Iceman's gay, you're fine. You yeah. Know? Like, like, that actually... <laughs> Uh, and I, you know, it's, we're making new stories for new children. The stories yeah. that you had will still exist. And, you know, the stories that are coming out now are things that I wish so much I could go back and show to 12-year-old me. Yeah. You know, there are, for, I mean, not for nothing, but it's like, you know, Ruby Rose is hot. She's kind of my type. Yeah. I think she's kind of generally everyone's type. She's a very, <laughs> very attractive person. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and she has spoken very openly about, even though, you know, she's been a TV producer and a fashion model and she's been very, very femme and now this kind of not quite androgynous, but, you know, we call it footch, you know, yeah. like femme butch kind of, you know, th- this new look, um, that's becoming more and more popular amongst everyone of every gender expression, you know, the kind of undercut haircut and, you know, um, just she, if I had been able to go back to myself as a teenager and show them a picture of this person and Mm -hmm. be like, she's going to be a superhero on television. Yeah. I like, it would have blown my mind. I would never have had any, frame of reference yeah. for how this person who 
had she been, ca- you know, she would have shown up on Macklem in the middle as like the lumberjack, like chewing tobacco, yeah. spitting in a spittoon and like making some joke. Yeah. And then walks, you know, and then walks off stage. Right? Right. Like she would not be the star of the show. Like the the keep it gay from exactly. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, Maggie, Maggie from the producers. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know the the fact that you know we have um, Elliot Page now, who yeah. he is still he, he's still on his show. Yeah. It does not change his previous roles. Right. Those roles were real and important to people in a lot of different aspects. I mean, like. Um, you know, in the roller derby community, Whip mm-hmm. It, yeah, I, yeah, I saw that movie. is yeah. phenomenal. I, I love that movie. Yeah. Um, Elliot Page coming out and living, you know, his identity and changing his body to be more representative of what makes him comfortable yeah. does not erase those past stories. Yeah. It does mean that he gets to make his future ones mm-hmm. that much more remarkable. It, and what's, you know, it, it was when Elliot came out, mm-hmm. I, because for a while, he, you know, he was just like a lesbian. Sure. And then, and then was like, no, I'm trans. And I, and there were people talking about it on Twitter and I kind of chimed in on the conversation. I was like, like, I was like, okay, like. Just for me, I have some questions. So I said, "Is it okay if I say, oh, he used to be Ellen or Ellen Page, excuse me?" And people were like, "No, like that—that's not okay. Just say he was in Juno. Yeah, he played Juno. Correct. Or something yes, like that. and that's that's the most respectful thing to do. It's, yeah, you know, we—if somebody changes their name, this is just now their name, and it's you know, it while it may." be a difficult transition for you to make in your mind because of course yeah like i saw juno and the actress oh excuse me actor who played this character you know making mistakes like that happen to all of us we forget i have forgotten two very important characters names so far on this podcast (laughs) (laughs) um but correcting yourself and moving on is the the appropriate thing to do right um and it's just it's important that we – it is important that we see someone's transition in real life and face the fact that this person has a body of work mm-hmm. that precedes their transition. Yeah. How are we going to talk about that and celebrate it yeah. and move forward with this person's career? And it turns out it's pretty easy to do. It turns out it doesn't actually break the world. <laughs> You know, it's and I love seeing like the comparisons of like, you know, somebody I saw somebody put it this way where it's like, you know, we do this all the time. It's like, hey, the mailman dropped off a package for you. It's like, oh, when did they come? Like, when did they come? Yes. You know, so it's like we do we do this stuff all the time. We just don't realize it. And something is. Oh, shit. I forgot the other thing I was going to say. Um, oh, but like, OK. So the other thing was like, um, so you 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 and your wife, did you change last names or you just uh, my wife took my last name okay yes but that's not why is that not a big deal yeah you know what i'm saying like why it just you know people change their names or people get nicknames or you find i had a roommate you know he's a friend of mine in college and we moved off campus together and we i had known i had known this guy for like two years and then i got a piece of mail addressed to edward I'm like who the hell is edward because <laughs> my roommate's name was ned <laughs> 
And it never occurred to him, like, <laughs> what the hell is this? Yeah. Like, it's just, you know, you people change their names all the time. Yeah. Um, whether, you know, they get married, they get divorced, and change it back. Yeah. And if you make a mistake, you just correct yourself and move on. Yeah. Um, and... Especially with, um, you know, not that we've seen a lot of gender swap characters, but I do think that's something that comics could truly embrace. Mm -hmm. There is a lot of fun that could be had with some, you know, some one-offs. You know, we've had Bizarro. We've had the timeline where Thomas Wayne was Batman. You know, we've had all kinds of fun stuff. Why not do some gender swap stuff? Like, it could be cool. Well, that... that (laughs) You know, Thomas Wayne Batman, you know, it, um, I remember reading that little, you know, there's Flashpoint and then there's the mm-hmm. miniseries that, with it, um, the reveal of who the Joker was. You know, oh, yeah. Was, it was Martha. Martha. And, you know, why would you say that Martha. name? Martha. <laughs> <laughs> why would you say that name? Um, every time I see the name Martha, I always that. I passed by, like, I was visiting my sister when she still lived in West Virginia and there was Martha Street. So I, like, yeah, Every time and... you see me retweeting, like, Martha Stewart, <laughs> yeah. you're just like, Martha. <laughs> why would you say that name? Um. But anyway, actually, I love that part of the movie. So yeah. other people can just shut the fuck up about it. <laughs> but, um, you know, it, I, I remember thinking, like, oh, I bet I bet it's Bruce. I bet Bruce is the Joker in this in this timeline. And just it never occurred to me that because the, like, the Joker was kept in shadow and had, mm-hmm. you know, long hair, kind of like Heath Ledger. And so I was like, oh, like, I think that's what they're doing. And then it was like when it was, like, I think, at the end of issue two, yeah. they revealed it. And I was just like, you're fucking kidding me like i was just blown away like you know and i was like it it never even occurred to me that the joker could be a woman you know in that in that sense you know i've seen like alternate there's alternate universes all the time there was an issue of superman batman when uh, a long time ago when uh batman is put in a different universe like they're swapping i don't know what they're doing but anyway (laughs) one of the one of the 10,000 reboots DC yeah. has decided they needed. <laughs> but, you know, he was in a universe where everybody was gender swapped. Mm-hmm. So it was like, so he met like the Batwoman and Superwoman. Of, of I do that. remember that one. Yeah, and there was yes. Super Lad. Yeah, Super Lad. <laughs> <laughs> so it was only one issue. But I thought, I was like, do this more. I'm interested in this. You it's know? just, it, it's such a fun <laughs> way to play around with what we were talking about before. Some of those gender stereotypes that have been ingrained into the identity <laughs> of the characters that we love. Yeah. And, you know, what is, in a world without Superman, what is Superwoman? Yeah. Or, you know, is she, and like, and also, you know, that whole, the terminology of like, is it woman? Is it girl? Is it man? Is it boy? <laughs> there's I, there's I, a lot of that back and forth. I never cared for how they tried to justify it in the Supergirl pilot. Have you ever seen that? Or any of Supergirl? I have. Um, so in the first episode, like, you know, Cat Grant names her Supergirl, and you know Kara's like, you know, we can't call her that. Why not Superwoman? She's like, she's like, yeah, but like you're a girl and I'm a girl. Like, what's wrong with the word girl? And I was just, like, it seems like a flimsy. They didn't need. You know what? They could have cut that scene and nothing would have mattered. Yeah, that could that they didn't need it. it it's just I don't know. It's like a, a man wrote that. <laughs> Probably <laughs> there wasn't a woman in the writing room just being like, or we don't explain it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm sure. Which you know, I I think has. Uh, I think you know, the head writer of Batwoman is a woman. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. And I think that, that, you know, that's important. You know, when you have a bunch of straight white guys writing straight white guys, you know, it's like it can skew more, you know, to 
what they know and what they're Correct. comfortable with. Even if like if they're writing arrow and like sure they don't know how to like you know fire a bow and arrow. That's what you know research is for. <laughs> but um, but it's harder you know to it, harder to I, write. I think that's true of any demographic. I yeah, mean, yeah. if you put if you put a group of our most famous white male comedians and our most famous black male comedians in two separate writing rooms, give them the same premise, you're going to get two totally different pilots, yeah. right? The background, the sense of humor, the cadence of the jokes, the things that they are allowed to to punch up to yeah. are going to be different. Right. Um, so that is part of the need for diversity. Yeah. Um, I mean, particularly in if we're talking about comedy, which also like, you know, folks, comics are supposed to be funny. Yeah. <laughs> like, I know that, you know, the Batman universe has gotten real dark, real dark and gritty. But yeah. like, let, let's let's have like some one offs and like, you know, yeah. play around with Suicide Squad and Harley <laughs> Quinn. Like, let's have some fun sometimes. Yeah, yeah. Um, but you need a diverse cast in your comic, in your TV show, in your movie because you need your characters to be able to go on different side quests, for yeah. lack of a better word, you know, to yeah. be able to to have different exchanges in dialogue, to not be making the same punchlines over and over again. Right, right. Because there is there is a difference in the way that we can speak and interact with each other that doesn't that doesn't happen when you have a homogenous group of people. Right. And we've seen it in our own lives. You know, if you're hanging out with the same group of people after a while, all the jokes get really stale. And then you introduce yeah. somebody new <laughs> and something fun, you know, more fun stuff happens. So I right. think that that need of diversity um, in race and in gender and in sexuality just brings a lot more to what you can do in your universe. Yeah. And, um, it it allows you to just tell more stories, which that's why we're that's why we love comics. Yeah. Every month they're going to tell me a new story. I don't yeah. get that from Stephen King. Well, maybe for a while from Stephen King because he was on a lot of coke. He was writing a new book like every three weeks. But <laughs> you know, uh, jo- George R. R. Martin isn't giving you a new book every every I mean, week. Suppose, like, supposedly he's still working on it. You so, know, <laughs> you know, we love comics because they can tell us so many cool stories mm-hmm. and. The more people you have to play in those spaces, the more interesting it's going to be. Uh, and I and I love that you know DC and Marvel had the, the Pride specials. Yes. Um, you know, uh, Marvel as of this recording, Marvels is coming out this week. Um, DC's already come out, and and I loved reading those stories because I was like, you know. I'm still feeling connected to these characters. I'm not sitting here going like, well, there's nothing for me in this book. And it's just such a, because I've heard people say stuff like that. It's just such a closed minded way to think of things. You know, it's like, I, I can relate to female characters same way I can relate to male characters, you know? So I, I'm not going to go to, it's almost like gender isn't a barrier to someone's personality. Right. It's like, so I can go see Captain Marvel and be like, Oh, like, you know, this movie's cool or whatever. And it, um, was it like Brie Larson said something? It, it was misquoted, but Brie Larson said about um, that Oprah movie with uh, Chris Pine and Mindy Kaling. It's totally escaping me. It was a Disney movie. I Vision. forget everything that Chris Pine is in because Chris Pine never can disappear into a role. He just Chris Pines all over the screen the whole time. <laughs> well, that's, uh, it's also Danny McBride, by the way, <laughs> which is great because I love Danny McBride and his 
you know, arrogant idiot stuff. <laughs> I do not love Chris Pine that much. Well, uh, <laughs> you must be talking about two different Chris Pines. <laughs> but, but, but anyway, uh, he, um, but anyway, so uh, there were people like complaining about like the, the black leads and, you know, Mindy Kaling is, you know, East Asian, you know, uh, blah, blah, blah. And, and Brie Larson said, well, if you're pissed about that, then this movie's not for you. And people took that quote and said that she was saying that about Captain Marvel, which she wasn't. She was saying about that other movie, Wrinkle in Time, I want to say. That might be right. Uh, I never saw it. I did not see a Wrinkle in Time, but I'm trying to remember the the cast that was in it. That may have been it. Because it was a little black girl and Chris Pine was the father and he's missing. And then like, That is a Wrinkle in Time, yes. Okay, okay, yeah. good. I thought so. I know what I was thinking of, but uh, I read the book in fourth grade. It was a Newbery Award winner, and I got a sticker, so <laughs> I did not have to see the movie. <laughs> <laughs> nice, um, but you know, so Brie Larson said that about that movie, but people said she was saying it about um, Captain Marvel, and were like, you know, flipping out about it. And I remember like seeing articles like trying to like correct it and going like, no, 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 she talked about this movie, not not this movie. And people were still like, you know, people I knew were, were just like, oh, this is shitty that she said that. And I'm just like, eh, like, yes and no. But, but at the same time, it's just, you don't need to be an asshole about a movie. I There's <laughs> a lot there's a lot of media to be consumed right now. Yeah. And you can find something tailored to you. Um, but there is a lot to be said about stepping outside of your comfort zone and seeing something that might not have been made specifically for you. If yep. you're not the target audience, maybe still go see it. Not to put money in the pockets of giant corporations, but to just expose yourself to something different. Yep. I think we really need to get out of our echo chambers. Yep. We really need to get out of our bubbles. Um, this idea of inclusion and intersectionality and really embracing our differences, but not what make us different from each other, what makes each person unique and what they can bring to the table. Mm -hmm. That is really what pride is about. Yeah. That is what it is. And that is what I think these comic creators are trying to do now. I mean, DC has made a real effort. I've been talking about DC a lot this whole time, but because I, my brain was on Batwoman the whole time. But I mean, Marvel, Marvel has always been slightly more um, diverse and has. Uh, they've also told a lot of like the immigrant story and yeah. the city stories. So that's it's kind. Of, it's from a different. It was. I mean, Stanley was Jewish. You well, know? I mean, St Stanley had a much different perspective yep. to tell. Um, and I could go on about Stanley for a million years. I think all of us could. Yeah. Um, RIP my dude. But he, um, you know, DC has made a real effort to diversify their cast because I think they look at the Justice League and they're like, oh, we made the same overpowered character yeah. six times. We got to start coming up with some new, some new ideas. Yeah, We've got to yeah. give these people some vulnerabilities, some backstories, some full fleshed out kind of things to do. Yeah. And it's created a really, just a more fun universe. Yeah. And I think that's what it could be happening in our country if we all kind of got off Twitter, maybe, <laughs> I yeah. just, I really want um, the introduction of 
these new characters and the introduction of queerness to comic books and to superhero movies, which whoever thought superhero movies weren't going to be Batman Returns, like whoever thought there would be like billions of dollars in superhero movies. But, you know, we can, there is so much power in fandom, but why do we, like, why do fans all hate each other? You know, like, it's just, it doesn't seem to relate or it doesn't seem to to mesh in my mind because I'm finally seeing a representation of me or someone who I can aspire to be and you know someone who I want my daughter to aspire to be you know I I I have a daughter who is tri-racial really and none of them are white Uh, so she's just you know she's 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 a she's a beautiful mix of many different cultures and so I do want her to grow up in a world where that is celebrated and not something that people are scared of and we're not there yet Um, and I think that the more we can have entertainment aimed at children which comic books are super accessible for kids it's tiny pictures with small words. Yeah. You can do them one at a time. It's really easy to introduce them. Cartoons are everywhere. Superhero movies are fun for the whole family. Yeah. Um, you know, I want that diversity in there because I want my family to have I just want to I just want to see a superhero that looks like me. I just want to yeah. see my I want my daughter to just see like, you know, um like with um, Avatar The Last Airbender and with Korra. The diversity that's shown on that show and the way that they navigate relationships between different nations and overcoming prejudices and, you know, it just, that show literally, it's, I'm an adult and it makes me cry and this is a show for children, but this is something that I'm going to hold on to because I can show my daughter and she can see a brown skinned woman with real cool superpowers. Yeah. You know, it's these are things that are important for everyone as a society to expose them to. So that's kind of what I'm saying. You know, if you think that the black superhero movie isn't for you, that's even more of a reason for you to go and see it. If you yeah. think that the gay superhero issue isn't for you, crack it open and read it like you're gonna find something that appeals to you because you are a fan of comic books you're a fan of superheroes and that's who these people are they just have a lot more to them now it you know i i bought the um the 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 asian heritage dc anthology yes um you know I, i bought the dc pride book and i was excited to read those it what you know it's like because for what you were saying it's like because i'm a fan like can i you know, relate to being gay? No, but there's an aspect of it I can relate to in in some senses. You know, mm-hmm. it's like I know what it's like to go through hard times with in relationships. You know, I know what it's like to feel ostracized, to feel alone. You know, like it's so I so I get those feelings. So I can relate. So I can still relate to these characters, even if one of them doesn't look like me. Sure. You know, it, it just there's nothing wrong with that. Um, and never, you know, like I remember being a kid, like, and and loving Lois and Clark, you know. And oh like, my God, with Dean Cain. Yeah. Oh, um, I wish he hadn't turned out so crazy. Well, you know, that was uh, <laughs> one of my favorite quotes. A friend of mine made on Twitter was uh, he he 
you know, during like the height of Corona, he had a mask on and he, and, um, and he said, uh, you know, you know, mass rules are enforced on planes, you know, hope I don't get, uh, Dane bramaged. And, uh, and my friend retweeted him and said, you either die a hero or you live long enough to be one of the idiots that didn't listen to Jarrell on Krypton. And I was like, yes. <laughs> It's <laughs> fine, but that that I was like, yeah, him and John Schneider too from Smallville. Like, I, listen, we can It's sometimes, and this is I'm saying this as an art historian. Mm-hmm. We must separate the artist from their work. Not at all times. No, not at but all. But there times. there are times when we can make that separation and appreciate and we have a conversation. I did have a whole episode about Buffy. Yeah. After the Joss Whedon stuff came out, because that was, it, it is it because it can be hard to process. Sure. Um, you know, it's like I, American Beauty is one of my favorite movies, and Kevin Spacey is kind of a monster. True. And, yeah. And you yeah. know, and they can still rewatch, but I can still rewatch like House of Cards. You know, the first couple of seasons at least, and and think like, like yeah, that be you know, you you know, it's it's. Similar, but not well. You know, actually, pretty similar. Like Leah Remini, uh, when she kind of got away from Scientology, I was listening to a podcast with her, and she made a point to say, "I can never take away the stuff that like Tom Cruise as an actor. He's a great actor. He has a great body of work. I can't take that away from him. But what I can say about him is that he's in Scientology. It's awful. It's wrong. The things that they do to children. The things that they do to women." You know, and, and that's that's a whole other conversation we could have. But um, and it's like y- you kind of have to do that in a lot of ways. And unfortunately, and this is kind of how Trump got elected. We treat celebrities like they're above, like they're bigger than life people. Also, America hates women. That that's yeah. another that's another big one. Well, there's yeah, yeah there's a lot, there's another reason. Yeah, <laughs> it's 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 hard, it's hard to deny when it gets worded in certain ways, like. Um, when it's wanting the child to be born but not fed is how I read it. Oh, this is – we need to go on another whole podcast well, yeah, for we'll, this conversation. We'll, we'll, um, have, we'll have – You know, it's it, – and so in that same vein of having the actors representing the characters that they're, that they're playing or mm-hmm. having some of the same, you know, background and story to tell, I'm very interested to see what is going to happen with um, – Star-Lord with Peter Quill because, you know, there is a lot going on with the actor playing him right mm-hmm. now in the church that he's affiliated with. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I don't think that I, – I am not going to accuse someone I don't know who hasn't been accused of, you know, participating in anything – immoral or know you know yeah, horrific I, i've read i've read some I'm just, stuff listen yeah. it's there's there it's a developing story yeah. um however you know chris is affiliated with a church that is you know a dangerous place to be if you are a woman or a child um and you know he has deeply held christian beliefs which you know i have my own deeply held religious beliefs and that does not separate us from being good people but he is affiliated with something that is damaging people elliot page called him out yeah uh, about like a year or two ago i remember seeing that yeah there's there's been a lot going on but um and i don't i don't want to you know it's i'm not here to put it on blast but you know (laughs) they have now established that in um 
you know, some of the upcoming storylines for Marvel and, um, you know, Peter, Peter Quill is going to be pansexual. Like, mm-hmm. it's just, it's it's been established. This is what's happening. He's, you know, and it's it's fitting for his character. He's kind of just like, a, like a like, cool, sexy dude. Like like a Captain Kirk, just yeah, he's growing just, up in outer space, right? Yeah, he's just he's just a cool, sexy dude that has sex with a lot of aliens, and why wouldn't he? You know, like it doesn't matter. He right. wouldn't have grown up on Earth with any of the prejudices that we have here. Yeah. So why would it matter to him? Plus, also he's with a bunch of aliens. Who knows what gender anyone is anyway? So yeah. it's just kind of been established, and it will be interesting to see if you know if this actor wants to continue playing him and if we will allow it. Yeah. I, you know, I, I think personally, and I've said this before that I think DC is doing a much better job with representation. Uh, like the, the CW shows in particular, really great about all that. Yeah. Um, and, and especially, you know, you have a writer like Tom Taylor who I'm like, I love him. I think he's, just one of the best writers out there, you know, and I'm not the only one that thinks that because he's a top seller, yeah. top selling writer. But you know, he's he made a point to include, you know, when he did Suicide Squad, a trans character, you know, and you know, he was um, him and James Tynan were instrumental in making Alan Scott <clears throat> the original Green Lantern gay. Yeah, and it's and it's just stuff that you know he puts in his books, and I'm not reading them feeling. Like uh, this was this was put in there by committee. This was like, yeah, you gotta have a gay character in there. We gotta have some diversity in here. No, like he was just like, no, I, you know, we'll do this with this character. And, you know, and he's he's a straight white man. You know, he's got kids, um, but he's a wonderful ally and can still tell these great stories. Where I'm just getting lost in it and then not even realizing. Oh, I just read uh, this chapter of you know deceased at world's end with those characters. <laughs> Thinking, not, and I wasn't thinking. Oh, here's here's the the gay issue. You know, yeah. it's like no, it's like here's the issue with these new characters that I'm learning to f- fall for, just the way I fell for Batman all those years ago. I just, I I hope that this, you know, what you just said, I hope that really resonates with people because having a gay character doesn't make something gay. Like if I show up to the bar, it doesn't become a gay bar. Right. That's not what happens. <laughs> like it's, I I have shown up to parties where you know it it just you don't want to be the person that defines what's going on in the moment right it's like you know i i've been to parties where it's been like predominantly straight people and now it's like i'm like am i the token lesbian here Mm -hmm. you know i've had you know a lot of especially you know in college when you're kind of you know with your own you know friend group and you can't really afford to go out anywhere (laughs) and you all live like you know six to a two-bedroom apartment (laughs) um you know, it might be a lot of gay people and you invite a straight person and then they feel uncomfortable because like, oh, this is a gay party. It's like, no, this is just a party. It's, yeah. It doesn't, you know, there are certain spaces that we have created. I say we as a member of the community, there are spaces that we have made that are meant to be specific to either the entire LGBT plus community or to specific groups within. And that is for protection and openness and education and should you be invited into one of those spaces um that's truly an honor but also we live in a society where you know i don't i i like 
queer places. I, of course I do. I like lesbian places, but I also just like to go to the grocery store. I don't need to go to the gay grocery store. Like, I just (laughs) kind of want to live a normal life. And seeing these characters just sort of have a normal superhero adventure and also be gay is the point because that is what people that you know and love are doing with their lives. You know, today I ran errands and was gay. Yeah. That like, you know, today I am recording a podcast and am gay. Yeah. <laughs> but it doesn't mean this is a gay podcast. Well, I think it does now. <laughs> Just <laughs> kidding. Sorry, sir. <laughs> um, no, but you know, it's, it's something that I I thought about a lot where um you know, I've talked to the mother of my child a lot about this where um we I said, "You know, it's interesting. Somebody put this up on Facebook or Twitter. It might have even been you. I don't remember." But <laughs> It, it was really interesting. I never, ever thought of it this way where um, it was like straight people are so afraid of gay, pe- of gay people, you know, corrupting their children or forcing them to be gay, not realizing that they do it all the time when their kids are at the playground. Like, oh, honey, is that your boyfriend? Is that your girlfriend? You know what I mean? And and that just blew my mind. And I told her that and blew her mind. She was mm-hmm. like, oh, I never even thought of that. I was like, the way that we press gender roles on children has now having a child myself, it has become even more relevant to me, but also just it's in your face. And I, um, you know, we do not have viewers. This is a podcast. It's a listening medium. So I will describe myself. I am a pretty average feminine looking woman. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't think that I, whatever looking gay means i don't yeah. i also don't look i mean right now i have pink hair but aside from that i don't look particularly anything <laughs> like i don't yeah. look i don't look like a tiktok star right like, <laughs> i don't look you know there, there's a reason i have a podcast yeah. and not like a <laughs> i just show. just sort of look like your your average lady <laughs> yeah yeah um you know i i don't fall into kind of a category of being like i don't look particularly athletic or you know i'm not like a jack or a rockabilly or right. you know any of these things and i when especially you and i both have daughters mm-hmm. shopping for girls clothes is hard yeah because all of a sudden you know first of all i'm i'm not washing things with a lot of like tool and lace on them mm-hmm. Because she's either going to throw up on it or get it covered in mud in the garden yeah. <laughs> or it's going to get ripped to shreds. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm not I'm not doing this. Right, right. Um, but it becomes very apparent that the clothing options for girls are, um, you know, very – they're over-decorated and there's a lot of – there's sequins and there's glitter and there's sparkly things. And there's nothing wrong with that. Right. But – I wanted to just buy my daughter a pair of black leggings one time and it was like it was hard. It was hard to find just a pair of black leggings that didn't have ruffles or sequins or something. But also then you look over in the boys department and it's like tough guy and construction material. And it's like I have seen girls that want to go to equipment day at the zoo like it is the it is Christmas Day. And I have seen boys that want to play with like glitter, like um, glitter slime. Yeah. Which first of all, slime is really cool. But it's like (laughs) they just love stuff that's colorful and pretty and sparkly. And it's like, why can't we just have a children's 
section yeah. and buy clothes that our kids like to wear. Yeah. You know, I, uh, I don't know why everything needs to be so gendered, particularly when it's like they're going to grow out of it in like, I don't know, two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> like just like my daughter's hair just is like every now and then I'm just like, Jesus, your your hair is longer than it was two days ago, you know? I, th- I think my daughter grew two inches yesterday. She probably grew two inches while we've been here. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to go home. She's going to be driving. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, and I think that we're we're in a, in a really sweet spot in our generation that, you know, if our daughters grow up and, you know, are gay or trans and they come out to us, then we're just going to be like, okay. I, I hope... Very much. And I'm I'm doing the work to educate myself because, you know, the by virtue of being gay doesn't mean that I know how to have all of these conversations. Yeah. So I'm doing the best to educate myself so that my daughter will have the language to explain that to me when she feels comfortable. Yeah. There are a lot of children's books available now. Um, there are a lot of, I mean, YouTube, again, you know, good and evil, but there's a lot of resources on YouTube where it's like, I want her to understand, you know, when she was born, we thought that she was a girl. And if for any reason that doesn't feel comfortable to her, I want her to be able to talk to me about it. Mm -hmm. It doesn't mean that she is or isn't a girl. It doesn't mean that she is or isn't a boy. There are options in between. But also, I want her – I don't want that conversation to be taboo. If she has a crush on somebody – I kind of hope she gossips with me about it because I'm a huge gossip and I love that kind of stuff. And I like, that's going to be my favorite thing ever. And you know, why actually? Yeah. It's like, let's go pick (laughs) you out a cute outfit for your date. Yeah. (laughs) And I'm chaperoning and I'm sitting two seats behind you at the movie theater. (laughs) You know, whoever that person is, I hope that she has the language to express her wants and needs in a relationship, regardless of her gender or the other person's gender. Yeah, yeah. That is something that I think all people need is is the language to have these conversations. And it's not something that really up until – I can't even put – certainly not when I was a child. Yeah. I was not given the language to have this conversation. You know, trans friends of mine um, would never have thought of telling their parents at age – eight or nine, you know, I don't feel like a girl, even though they felt that way at that age, they certainly didn't have the language to express it. And even if they did, that's a terrifying thing because there was no community for it. There was certainly no support of it. Um, And I think all we saw at that time, you know, trans people really were the butts of jokes. I mean, East Ventura. It was like that's all I can think about. Every time I, I think of like tra- like the way we used to represent, yeah. the way we used to represent trans people is just horrible. Um, I, I thought about that a lot because I I watched the movie for the first time all the way through. Believe it or not, I've never seen it all the way through until last year on my birthday. I was just like, that's a weird birthday, man. <laughs> I was just like, oh, I was just like, it was like six o'clock in the morning. I couldn't sleep, and I was like, you know what? I'm going to watch Ace Ventura because, you know, everything's closed because, you know, it's Corona. Yeah. But, uh, and I was watching it and I, and I had seen most of it just out of order, like on TV over the years. Mm-hmm. So anyway, uh, when, you know, when you get to that scene, I just, 
not that I forgot about it, but I just remember getting to that scene thinking, man, that would not fly today. I can't believe that flew back then. Like it, it was a, it was a joke, and gay panic was very real. Yeah, and used to be used as a defense for murder, and but um, ding, like that's the punchline. Like I don't, it's not, it wasn't funny to me then. In fact, it was very frightening, mm-hmm. and now. Like it, it's unacceptable. It, it's you know, my friends and I, you know, we talk about this sometimes, trying to wean ourselves off of saying, you know, oh, that's gay. You know what I mean? Like, I, and I, and I slipped up and I said that in front of a gay friend of mine, and I felt so stupid. And you should have. Yeah, and I was like, I'm so sorry. And then like we were out to dinner like with a bunch of us, and then, you know. I forget exactly what happened, but some rain stress and spilled all over me. And he was like, that's what you fucking get. <laughs> and I, he was right. You know, yeah, I, no, I, turn, turn around to fair play. Um, yeah. You know, there, there's a lot of language that we need to to evaluate in yeah. the way that we describe situations um, and others. I think, you know, a good example. Um, are you a fan of the McElroy brothers? My brother, my brother and me. I don't know. I'm about to blow your mind, man. All right. It's the greatest podcast of all time. Yeah, I've never heard of that. Um, okay, so my brother, my brother, and me, three brothers, have a podcast. It's an advice show. They don't give good advice. It's comedy. They're very, they're very, very funny. But they have been doing their podcast for a decade. It's, okay. They're a dynasty at this point. But they tell you specifically, please do not listen to our first 100 episodes because they were just dudes being bros, man. Yep. And they have evolved so much as people since then. Yeah. And... Their audience has educated them so much on the need for diversity. And, you know, when they get a question come in, they don't assume he or she. They say question asker and they and, you know, person writing in. And it's just it's it doesn't it's not forced because these are professional performers and they practice this. But it's also something they've come to deeply believe. I'm not assuming this person's gender. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to read the question that they asked me. Yep. It's just, it's just, it becomes fun. They, when you go to their live shows, um, they ask you, you know, if you're comfortable, please give your pronouns. It is part of their introduction. It's again, it is not forced. It's just an easy thing to do. But, um, you know, the McElroys, they, God, where I was going with this because I love them so much. I just want you to listen to them. <laughs> um, uh, anyone listening, uh, listen to this show first. Yeah, listen to this. Show, listen to the show and then listen to the macros. Um, <laughs> but you know, Justin, uh, the oldest brother, had recently had a tweet where he was saying, "Like, if I do such and such, is that lame?" He deleted the tweet and rewrote it as, "If I do such and such, is that uncool?" And somebody like did a screenshot and was like why did he change it and it's like because lame is ableist Mm. it's a word to define somebody who you know we we talk about people being lame and that they you know they can't use their legs they may use crutches they may use a wheelchair um and it's just somebody said hey maybe change that word and he did and guess what he didn't make a huge deal about it he wasn't like i'm being censored by the grammar police this is too political he's like oh that's a good point and changed it. Yeah. It's very, it turns out it's actually pretty easy to just be a nice person. Yeah. It also turns out that, you know, we were talking before about, you know, fandom and anger and everything. It's like the anger you should be listening to and the opinions you should be listening to is to the harmed party. So if somebody who is disabled tells you that a word is ableist, you should listen to them. If somebody who is black tells you that a word is racist, 
you need to listen to them. And if somebody who is queer tells you that a word is disrespectful to them and their community or tells you that we don't use that term anymore because, again, this community is evolving in such a way that words like transsexual may not mean what they meant 10 years ago. Yeah. That it just happens. If we tell you that term isn't the same, if we tell you this is how, you know, we don't say preferred pronouns anymore. Mm. We just say pronouns. Yeah. Because it's what they are. It's not, it's, I don't prefer to be gay. I just am. Yeah. I don't prefer to be a he. I just am. So, you know, we've just changed this and just go with it. Like it, the, the party who is trying to educate you is usually the one that's right. And, and they're not trying to, it's it's not you know and that's it's not ag- forcing an ideology it's not yeah it's not an agenda or anything it's if any it is more i i think than most people are that way they they're just trying they're just trying to help yeah. you know they, they're not trying to be malicious and even the person saying it probably isn't trying to be malicious but you have to you know you, you have to accept you have to accept your criticism yes yes yeah okay um colleen this has been a blast. Yeah, um, I know. <laughs> you know, this, it's been far too long, obviously, because we've been going on for a while now. Um, so we'll definitely get you back here. You know, I say that to every guest, and I only mean it with most of them, some of them, not not a one of them. I mean, um, <laughs> currently, I am a stay-at-home mom, so if I can bring my daughter to the studio, <laughs> I could be here every day. All right. <laughs> um, yeah, we'll uh, we'll definitely get you back. Uh, and you know, this has been incredible and like I said, mind-blowing and just <laughs> in all the best ways. So thank you so much for being here. Absolutely. Thank you so much for inviting me. I hope that, um, you know, I was a voice for fans and I hope that I was a voice for my community. Mm-hmm. Um, if anybody, you know, feels that I misspoke or, um, you know, may need some more education on a topic, please just let me know because I'm always ready for education. But if you want to, you know, tell – if you know, basically, if you want to tell me to fuck off, I'm not here for that either. So, you know, don't don't <laughs> at me. Yeah, be nice. <laughs> uh, so, uh, you know, thanks again for coming. And, you know, we'll, we got, we'll definitely do this again. And, uh, yeah. And to all of you listening out there, I hope that you found this as enjoyable as I did. And uh, and I also hope that you're, you're learning and you're growing and uh, and that you're, you're just be cool, man. You know, that's all it's about. <laughs> Thanks again. <laughs>